Jewish audio on Chabad.org. There are certain things we hear about and we're like, no way. I can't believe people actually did that. Did this really exist? One of those times is when we read about the ancient Greeks and all the different idols that they had. When I read those things, I'm like totally surprised. No way. They actually had a God for everything. They had a God for metalwork and a God for fire and a God of wine. They had a God for hunting. They had a God for literally every area of their life. I was thinking about that and I thought that's strange. But then I realized, you know, unfortunately, in my own life as well, sometimes I also have silly little gods without even realizing it. If you ask me, I would clearly unequivocally state there's only one God, only one Hashem. But sometimes I make a mistake and I think that there are other forces that are controlling my life. There's the God of my cancel flight. Sometimes it's a God of my flat tire. Sometimes it's the God of the fact that I only was able to sleep two hours last night and I couldn't fall asleep. In other words... Very often, we blame the reality in our life on random circumstances that just happen to happen, and we just blame it on those realities. Oy vey, my flight was canceled. I can't believe they did that to me. What we need to recognize is that by saying that, we are actually making a huge mistake by giving some sort of acknowledgement to something outside of Hashem. There's something surprising in this week's Torah portion. Moses gathers the Jewish people together and he says to them, you should know and take this into your heart that the Lord our God is in the heaven above and on the earth below there is no one else but him. And the surprising question is, if there's anybody who knows that, it's these people. They saw it all. They saw the miracles of leaving Egypt. They saw the miraculous splitting of the sea. They saw the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai. They saw everything. They saw so many miracles during the 40 years in the desert. Moses needs to tell them there's no one but God. But the answer is that faith can never be taken for granted. Because so often, even if we believe there's only one God and we don't believe in anything else, unfortunately, many times we make a mistake and we become victim to what we refer to as random occurrences and we blame all different scenarios for what's happening, forgetting that everything we experience comes from Hashem. So my friends, to have faith, we need to think deeply. To have faith, we need to look past the outer layers of every situation and remember that at the core of it, it's all part of God's plan. To have faith, we have to constantly remind ourselves of this faith that God is in heaven above and upon the earth below and nothing that happens is the universe versus outside God's desire and God's impact. When things go smooth, we feel on top of the world, we say, thank you, Hashem. But when things go wrong and we sink low, we forget that Hashem is still with us and Hashem is the one who's making it happen. There's a beautiful Hasidic tune from Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Berdichev, a great sage who used to sing, where will I find you, master of the world? When I go up, you are there. When I go down, you are there. When things are good, it's from you. When things go bad, it's also you. And if it's you, it can never be bad. Is this good? Is dach du? Chalilonit? Vaitedu? Ach du? Nor du? Do? Whatever we experience, my friend, is coming from God. So now open up your hearts for this week's story. This week's story is a story about two cows. But it's not just a story about two cows. It's a story that reminds us that wherever we are, it's for a reason. When we are here, it's because we're meant to be here. When we find ourselves somewhere else, it's because Hashem wants us to be somewhere else. We just need to listen to those signs and those messages and follow Hashem 
to where he wants to take us. So open up your hearts, my friends, as we go back to the time of the Holy Baal Shem Tov. The Holy Baal Shem Tov, the great founder of Hasidism, sometimes he would behave in ways that seemed very, very strange. But there was one constant companion to the Baal Shem Tov, one of his prized students, his name was Rabzev Wolf Kitsis. And Rabzev Wolf had much confidence in the actions of the Holy Baal Shem Tov. He knew that in the end, even if it took years, everything will be understood. Whatever the Holy Rabbi does is for a reason. One day, Rabzev Wolf went with the Baal Shem Tov on a visit to a certain village Jew. When they arrived, the poor beggar welcomed the great Hasidic master into his home. This villager was so poor, he lived in a shack at the edge of the town. And the Baal Shem Tov looked at him and said, I must have a donation of 18 rubles for a very important cause immediately. The poor man didn't have this large amount of money. 18 rubles for him was like a million dollars for us. But considering that this was the Holy Baal Shem Tov making the request, the villager didn't ask any questions. Immediately, he took some of his furniture, plus his beloved cow, his source of livelihood, and he sold them, and he gave the money to the Baal Shem Tov. Rabzevov's heart broke when he saw that this man who had nothing in his life, all he had was his cow, which became his livelihood because he would sell the milk. Now he lost that as well. The Balshemtov took the money and they moved on. What is going on over here? How could this happen? How could the Balshemtov make this poor man lose his only source of livelihood? There must be a message here. There must be something going on, my friends. Hold on tight. Let's see what happened. A few days later, the villager's rent was due. He couldn't produce the sum, so the landlord evicted him. The villager realized that he has no future in this small village. He doesn't have his hut, doesn't have where to live. Let me try my luck elsewhere. He finally found himself a tiny hut in a different village with a different landlord. He sold a few more of his possessions, and he managed to buy a cow. And now this cow provided him with his only source of income. He sold the milk, and he got a very, very meager living. Sometime later, the local landlord's cow became sick and her milk became unusable. So one of the servants of the landlord knew that we actually have a new tenant who just moved into one of the shacks. Let me go get some milk from his cow. And sure enough, he gets the milk and he brings it back to the landlord. The landlord tastes the milk and he says, oh my gosh, this milk is of superior quality. Tell the owner of this cow that I will pay handsomely for the privilege of being his only customer. I want all the milk from this cow. And sure enough, you can well imagine that this incident turned the tide of fortune for the villager. Every day he would deliver milk to the landlord, and every day the landlord would comment on the quality of the milk and the amazing milk products that he would produce from it. And as the time went on, he began to become quite appreciative of this Jew and began to recognize his wisdom. And he started consulting with him about his business and slowly turned over to him many responsibilities. This landlord trusted this Jew implicitly. And he appreciated his honesty, his reliability, his faithful service. And the relationship and the bond between this landlord and this villager became so deep that being that he was childless and he had no children, he ultimately transferred ownership of his entire estate, which included that village and the nearby town and its surrounding lands to this Jew. And feeling that everything is in good hands, the landlord took leave and went abroad and gave the Jew legal title to that area. Five years later, the Baal Shem Tov's prized student, Rabzev Wolf, came to the village of the new landowner, collecting money on behalf of Jewish prisoners and captives. Rabzev Wolf actually was given a certain amount of money that he had to raise for the Baal Shem Tov to redeem Jewish prisoners, and he was short exactly 300 rubles. 
He decided to go to the town rabbi. Maybe the town rabbi could help him collect this amount. He walks into the village rabbi's home and he sees that the village rabbi was dressed in his finest clothing. He said, where are you going? Why are you dressed so handsomely today? So the rabbi said, I'm going together with a group of dignitaries from the town to greet the landlord of this city who's coming to visit us. And not only that, the rabbi says to Reb Zevolf, why don't you come join us? He is actually a Jew. And he would probably want to contribute to this important cause that you are collecting for. Sure enough, Reb Zevolf goes with the rabbi and his companions. The landlord greets the delegation warmly and he's giving special attention to Zevolf. Rabzev is wondering, why is he looking at me so much? Am I getting in trouble? Well, after a short while, the landlord took Rabzevov aside and said, you don't remember me, don't you? Rabzevov could not place the wealthy man's face. The landlord took out 300 rubles and he gave it to Rabzevov and said, Zaygezunt, be well. It was only upon returning to the Holy Bashemtov that Rabzevov understood the whole story. Hold on. Now I remember who this is. The last 300 rubles were donated by the village Jew who we once asked for a donation of 18 rubles. That's the same man who the Baal Shem Tov made that he should sell his cow. Today he's a wealthy man. And before he could say another word, the Baal Shem Tov looks at him and says, Let me tell you, Reb Zev, what is the reason why I extracted that large sum of money when his circumstances were so difficult? Why did I ask the poor villager to give me 18 rubles when he had nothing to his name and he had to sell his cow? Let me tell you why. Because the truth is that a change of fortune was awaiting him in the future. But not in that place. Hashem wanted him to go elsewhere. But he wasn't moving. He wasn't listening to the call. He wasn't following the message. But Hashem wanted him to go somewhere else because over there, his blessings will ultimately be found. So it was necessary for me to bring him to the end of his rope. He will be forced to leave and settle elsewhere. And this is exactly what happened. And the rest, my friends, you already know. This is a reminder that when we're forced to be somewhere where we believe is not the right place, when we find ourselves in the darkest of moments, we need to remember Hashem has a plan. All we need to do is follow Hashem to where He takes us. Shabbat Shalom.